I'm going to grab some, um, some notes back here. Uh, I'm Stuart Garner. Uh, hold on just a second. Oh, I'm back. So if anybody would like to have some notes on the sermon today, I've got them right here. Uh, so, okay. Could you pass them out for me, honey? This is Charmaine, my wife. Um, and maybe I'll get my notes, too. That's probably going to be pretty good, I think. So a few weeks ago, uh, as we just uh, talked about, Pastor Steve was going on vacation. He knows I have a little bit of a background in, uh, in ministry. I'm, uh, I've been in this area for about three years. I'm a uh, semi-retired chiropractor from New Jersey. So I'm still back and forth to New Jersey uh, as I'm trying to get uh, sell my practice. And so uh, Steve, I, he said, if, you would, if uh, you would think about preaching, I said, I'd be glad to. I brought him three ideas and said, do you have another one? And so of the three ideas, he said, I think this is living in a stressful world is one thing that uh, might be appropriate because, as you know, we live in a pretty stressful world. Uh, and the other one's in the notes. It says living in a world of worry. Same thing. We live in a, a, there's a lot of stuff to worry about. Anybody here worry about stuff? So that's what we're going to work on today. We're going to work on trying not to worry and, there, and, and provide a solution that comes from the scriptures. Because we all, we, we're sitting there and we're worrying about the world and we're worrying about what's happening to our country. We're worrying about what's happening to our families and uh, the world we're going to leave for our grandchildren. We're worrying about the finances. We're worrying about gas. We're worrying about food. We're worrying about what's going on in Washington, what's not going on in Washington. We're worried about everything that you can imagine. And so that's what we want to talk about today, about the worry, anxiety, stress, phobias, um, panic attacks, uh, and they all lead to depression. And so as Christian people, and uh, let me just preface this a little bit, because Pastor Steve's been talking about salt and light, that we're supposed to be salt and light to the world. And so sometimes we look at that and we say, what are we supposed to be doing? What does God want us to do? And, you know, and we all think, said, maybe, he, what about being a, a great men, uh, uh, a missionary or a pastor of a big church or starting a Bible study or, or teaching the kids? And all these are things, but they all come back to the basics. The basics is what we're doing here, getting rid of worry in our lives. The basics is the, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. These are things everybody, these are things Christians need to do. That's the basic. It's like when you go to medical school the first day, they don't give you a scalpel, and they don't say, here, go, go do some operations. That, you know, you have to learn these skills, and so you start with the basics. And that's what we're going to do today, is work on a little bit of the basics of trying to deal with this worry that's in our world today. Uh, there's certain types of worry that we have. And the first worry that we have, a lot of us have, is that it's stuff that's never going to happen, or if it does happen, it's not a big deal. I remember in 1966, we're driving from Oklahoma to Tennessee. It's my mother, my grandmother, my sister, and me. Three o'clock in the afternoon, we stop for gas, and we have a little bit of a low tire. Well, my grandmother, who was a, 
her, one of her spiritual gifts, I think, was worrying. Of course, that's a gift from the devil, but still. So, uh, so she starts, I think we're going to have a tire problem. I think we're going to have a flat tire. So we here for the next 15 hours, 20 hours, we go, we stop, and we go to the hotel. I think we're going to have a flat tire. I, I can see it's right down here. Look at that tire. We go in the room. We kind of unpack a little. I think we're going to have a flat tire. We go to get dinner. You know what the dinner conversation I think we're going to have a flat tire. We come back to the, I think we're going to have a flat tire. We get in bed. We're laying in bed at night. We're trying to go to sleep. I think we're going to have a flat tire. We get up in the morning. You know what happened? We had a flat tire. Ten minutes later, we're on the road. It's not a big deal. And yet, we, some of those kind of things we really worry about. Uh, and so these are things that are, are the other day. I went, to the, I went to the bathroom, opened the door in my bathroom, and it was loose. I went to the bathroom, I went and got a screwdriver, tightened the screws on the door, and it's done. So that I don't wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning saying, dang, forgot that. So these are things that, A, we can do and help ourselves with. Or B, they're things that whatever's happened, it's not a big deal. The other thing that happens is that we wake up in the middle of the night and we remember when I was 22 years old, I had that choice to make. And I'm, I don't know. I think I might have made the wrong choice. Or I said that and I hurt somebody. And I'm like, dang, why did I hurt that Peter? That was 50 years ago, whatever. It's like, wow, it's not important. These are things that you need to deal with. You need to go to God. You need to pray about it. And you say, get rid of those things in your mind because they just bother you. And that's what, uh, that's what uh, Matthew 6, 25 to 34, this is where Jesus talked on the Sermon on the Mount. Don't look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers. Aren't they closed beautifully? Can you add one cubit to your height? And at the very end, he says, listen, don't worry about the stuff that's going to happen. You know why? Because today's got enough worries. Deal with the stuff today is what Jesus is saying. And don't let worry take over your life. And then the other, the other part of worry that you have is a lot of what we worry about is stuff we have no control over, whatever. Like I remember one time my daughter, um, she must have been about 11 or 12 She's my youngest, Victoria. She's the smart one in the family. She's the one you have to check your DNA to make sure she's really yours, and she was. So, but anyway, she was just absorbing knowledge constantly. She wanted to learn so much stuff. And one time I said, ignorance is bliss. And she said, Dad, Dad, I don't understand it. Why wouldn't you want to know something? Why? And I think I might have been having a bad day, and I just went off on her with global, you know, the rising tides, the wars across here, the wildfires here, the pe people are dying here, and, and going on and on. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. I don't want to know anymore. Please don't tell me anymore. Because there's nothing we can do about a lot of this stuff, and yet we worry about it. So that's the third time. And the problem that we have with all this worry is that it causes us health issues. Uh, as a chiropractor, I see this all the time, but it causes a CNS, a central nervous system problems. What happens? It keeps your muscles tight. It keeps your tendons tight. All of a sudden, you go out and you injure yourself because you're so stressed out. It causes your respiratory problems. You can't breathe deep. You're not getting as much oxygen to the cells as you, sh as you should. 
digestion problems. That's probably like the number one problem we have in America today, health-wise, is the digestive system. And all of a sudden, it's a mess because people are worrying. They have ulcers. They have, uh, you know, their, their food's not digesting properly. Um, and then you have the uh, heart attacks caused from stress. And all these health issues lead to what? Your immune system just dropping to the floor. And when your immune system happens, any kind of bacterial, viral, you, you're susceptible to it. And so all that comes back to worry. And then the other thing that happens is with our mind, because God knows this. Our mind is filled with worry and anxiety. And you know what that is? There's no room for creativity. There's no need for solving problems. There's no room in your mind for taking care of your family, taking care of the needs the way you should, because your, your mind is off in somewhere else. And that's what affects our whole spirituality. So that's a little reason why we're talking about worry today is because these are problems that we can take care of, and there's a solution in the scriptures for. Um, and, and the other thing to kind of backdrop of this, remember that most of the time, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Worry, you know, the things that you're worried and concerned about when they actually come, they're not quite as bad as they are. Sometimes they are, but most of the time they're not. So that kind of leads us to the, to the first thing that we're going to do, and that's uh, Philippians 4, 6. Let's flip to the scripture. And, um, let's just kind of read this together, if we would. Just, and we're just going to read 6 to start with. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we've all heard this before. Um, and uh, it's a very powerful scripture, one of my favorite scriptures. That's why we're talking about it today. And so what we're going to do is just look at a couple of these words. Be anxious or worry, stress, all that kind of stuff for nothing. So there's two interpretations of that first part of that scripture. First interpretation is that you're going to be anxious for nothing except our family, uh, what's happened to our parents, to our kids, to our grandkids, what's happening to our finances, uh, what's happening to the world around us. So in other words, it's be anxious for nothing except all those things. So that's the first interpretation. We're going to go with the second interpretation of this. And the second interpretation is this is God's word, and nothing means, what do you think it means? Nothing. That's the interpretation we're going to use today. Now you might want to go back to that first one. Hopefully you're not. But this says, be anxious for nothing, and for nothing with a period, right? Except, oh wait, what's after that? There's a comma, there's not a period, so there's nothing. And the comma, and then the next word is but. And you know what but means, right? But means forget everything I've said, because I'm going to tell you what's important right now. <laughs> so we want to, that's what we, exactly what we want to do. We want to forget all this worry and anxiety and stress Put that aside. Get rid of that. That's nothing. And then, and then we come to the next part. It says, but in everything. And so we live in a very gray world. But man, sometimes the Bible's pretty black and white. So you got nothing, and then you got everything. These are pretty dynamic things here. So in other words, we get, we're not worrying, we're not stressed about anything, nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplications, 
So in other words, prayers are the things we're praising God for what we see, well, what the, the world we live in, the family that we have, the blessings that we get day to day. And then the supplications, what do we really want? Do we want that healing for somebody? Do we want that financial problem? Do we want that decision to be made? These are the requests we made. And it's important, he says, with thanksgiving. And, that's, and that brings me to one of my other favorite, favorite scriptures is... Um, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.18, I think. Is that in there? Should have brought my glasses. But. but anyway, that says, In all things give thanks, for that's the will of God. So in other words, when we're, thank, when we're giving him everything, it's with thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, that you're going to take care of these issues that we're presenting you with. And the important thing is that in everything we're going to give thanks because that is what? The will of God. Some people are like, geez, dang it, I don't know what God's will for my life is. I don't know. A lot of things we're not sure about our decisions, but we do know this. God wants thankful people. He wants us to be thankful people. He wants to be thankful for where we live, for what we do, for the people around us, for what he's done for us. He wants us to be thankful people. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So in other words, we're praying to God. And that's the thing that we want to discuss. Whether Do we have a big enough God? That's one of the things that we need to discuss. This whole thing is predicated upon God taking care of the problems, right? Do we have a big enough God or do we not have a big enough God? And you just look around. If we would go outside four months ago and you look around, there's no leaves on the trees. There's no green grass. There's no beautiful flowers. But that's the world we live in. It's just a gorgeous world. And look at the power of one little seed, you drop it in the ground and boom, there's a plant. And if it's certain seeds, it grows into a tree. I mean, these are things that are inherent. This is God's power that we have. And we have to have a, a, a powerful God. And as a, um, as a chiropractor, I'm a chiropractor, and I deal with health issues. And we have to understand the body is absolutely phenomenal. We don't, it's crazy. Uh, just recently they did some, uh, well, once a year, I think, they do this fastest computer in the world. What's the fastest computer in the world? And it can do a billion transactions in a second. A billion. Billions of big, not a billion, I'm sorry, a trillion. So sometimes we get mixed up, just like I did, between a million, a billion, and a trillion. And let me just, uh, and the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because as chiropractors, uh, as, as health issues, Geneticists tell us that our, every cell in our body can perform 34 trillion, with a T, functions. 34 trillion, every cell in our body. And that's exactly the reason why you get a fertilized egg and you implant it in the mother and you come out with a complete body. The mother doesn't do anything except provide nutrients. Everything is in that one cell. The color of our hair, our eyes, primary, secondary growth plates, tendons and muscles and joints and, and heart and, and how it functions and how it heals itself. It's all there in one cell. Now we're made up of billions of cells. And that's why as a chiropractor sometimes we, we talk about that the body's well made, first of all, and secondly the body has the ability to heal itself. And so um, that's the thing that we look at and we say, look, this was built by God, our bodies. They're phenomenal, phenomenal machines. 
So we can look at the world, we can look at our bodies, we can look at uh, like Gideon, and there's so many stories in the Old Testament. So we're talking about is God big enough here to, for him to take on our, our prayers and our requests. And I love the story of Gideon. Gideon's in a wine press uh, uh, working on wheat, chafing wheat, because the Midians have taken over. And an angel comes to him. And angel said, listen, I want to help you guys. I want to get you off the bond, off the backs of the, of the Gideons, and, or uh, the Midianites. And Gideon said, Geesh, you know what? I know you're an angel from God, but I'm a little upset with you. You brought us out. I hear from a little kid. I've heard about that you brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Uh, you, you, you parted the Red Sea. You gave us the Ten Commandments. You gave us manna in the desert. You brought us into a beautiful land. And where are we now? I, you, you're not doing anything for us now. And the angel said, well, that's why I came, because I want to, to, to show you the power of God. So anyway, they go through a whole series of things. But the end result was he decided to raise an army up. He raised an army of 32,000 people to go against the Midians. But the Midians' army was much greater than that. But God told Gideon, he said, listen, not going to work. I don't, wanna, I don't like these odds because you have too many men. So he said, first of all, just ask the people that are scared to go home. So he said, okay, anybody that's scared goes home. 22,000 of them went home. <laughs> so that's a third of them. He's got 10,000 people left to go against an army of more than 30,000. So God said, you know what, Not, you still have too many people with you. So he did this thing. He ends up with 300 people to go against 30,000. 100 to 1 odds. Would anybody like to guess who won the battle? Yeah, God won the battle. 300 men took 32,000 or whatever thousands, and they scattered them. Because what we have to understand, is your God big enough? Is your God big enough to take care of this? Can your God take care of everything by prayer and supplication? Let your request be made known to God. So you have to have a, a big God. The second thing we want to talk about here is um, verse 7. And let's just read that together. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds and your minds through Christ Jesus. Another powerful scripture. So here, at the end here, after made known to God, that's, they put a period there, but in my, in my book, it's really a semicolon. So it's still the same thought. And so the thought is, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And that's what we, so we by even today, we're going to celebrate communion a little bit about with the peace of, the peace of God, the Jesus, the Prince of Peace, uh, with all understanding. Uh, October 2nd, 2006, October 2nd, 2006, there was a shooting in Lancaster of a, uh, in a um, Amish school, one-room school. If you've seen that, these one-room schools are so tiny. A gunman came in, shot 10 girls, five of them died, five of them went to the hospital, and he shot himself. Horrible, horrible. You know, we just, we, we just went through some. Let me read you a couple things that the Amish said about this. We must not think evil of this man. Just shot and killed five of their kids. Five are in the hospital. We must not think any evil of this man. Another quote. I don't think there is anyone here that wants to do anything but to forgive and to reach out to those suffering. 
They just lost their children. One of the Amish, uh, they, they comforted the family that same day. One of the Amish held the, the shooter's father in his arms, and the, and the, and the, the father just sobbed for over, almost an hour. They took up a charity for, the, for the, the family of the shooter. Peace, look at that, peace that passes all understanding. Do we understand that? We, we have trouble understanding that. That's the peace of God. That's thinking on a higher level. That's the peace that we want to come into our lives. Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot was a young lady that had a calling to go to Ecuador. She went to Ecuador uh, and was what had a calling for a certain group of people deep in the jungles of Ecuador. She went back to Wheaton College. She married a, a young man. He had the same burden. They went back to Ecuador. They had a little baby. And the, the, the husband and four of his friends, other missionaries, went out to, um, to the jungles to reach this un, unreached group of people. And they just killed them, all five of them. Boom, they're gone. They just, missionaries walk into an, uh, uh, an unsafe area and they're killed. Elizabeth Elliot, his widow, still had a burden for those same people. And she worked through some of the women that had come out of that area. And about two years later, she put her two-and-a-half-year-old on her back and went up in a canoe for three days up into these and ministered to the very people that had killed her husband. What does it say? Peace that passes all understanding. Sometimes we don't understand this. This is the peace that we need. The next thing it says here, it will guard your hearts and minds. The word guard there is for a Roman soldier. And it says, what this peace that you have here, you, because you need peacekeepers, and they're, they're going to put Roman soldiers in your, in your mind and in your heart to guard that. Now, Roman soldier of the day was more like a, a Navy SEAL, an Army Ranger. They weren't like a normal. They carried 70 pounds on their back. They would go out to war. They'd be in war for, for uh, five years they would be up against odds of 8 to 1, 9 to 1. And the Roman, you know, when we read through Julius Caesar and his conquest of Gaul, it's crazy, man. These, these guys were tough guys. That's who the scripture says is going to guard your hearts and minds. And that's, and that's through Christ Jesus. And that's the important thing here. You're praying to God, but it's through Christ Jesus that you're going to get this peace that passes all understanding. And... Uh, and that's the sacrifice that Jesus made, is that that's what brings us back close to God, and that's what gives us uh, the peace in our lives. So the other thing to keep in mind, once you have gotten your mind freed up, the world is kind of a, the world doesn't like voids typically. So if there's a void, it wants to fill it with something. And so now it's time when we, let's go to the next slide. When we go into here, this is what we're going to fill that void with. Um, because you want to, you, once you get this worry, this anxiety, the stress off your mind, it's time to fill your mind with the good things. And, you, and sometimes you have to kind of trick your mind. Uh, a lot of people come to me for TMJ, temporal mandibular joint problems. So sometimes dentists will send them or sometimes a patient will come in. And so I will adjust the jaw and uh, might do some laser or something on the jaw to help it. 
But the thing is, is you talk to the people and they say, well, I do grind my teeth at night, you know, and, I, and it bothers me. I'll catch myself during the day grinding my teeth. So what I tell, say is, like, listen, here's what you need to do. Because right now you're telling yourself maybe 200, 300, 500, 1,000, 2,000 times, oh, my jaw is so tight, my jaw hurts. You wake up in the middle of the night. I like you. Got to you. Got to flip that around. You got to you start using your mind, and you know, I say, well, take a deep breath. See if that relaxes your jaw. Just take a deep breath. See if that relaxes your jaw. Now you need to tell your mind every time I take a deep breath, my my jaw relaxes. Now tell yourself that two hundred, three hundred, five hundred, two uh, two thousand times a day. So in the middle of the night, when you start to grind your teeth. You take a breath and you say, oh, yeah, that's relaxing. That's like filling the void. And that's what we're going to try to do here uh, with the scriptures. And this is, and I think that of what we've talked about, this may be the hardest thing to do. Is It's difficult to do some of this stuff. So let's just read this here. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So this is where it comes to where you've got to fill our mind. And this is, to me at least, this is the difficult thing. Because in today's world, what's true? And we'll see things that are, if something is 10% true, they say, well, that's true. It's 10% true. And you say, but, but it's 90% wrong. And it says, but you're 10% wrong. So we're right, and you're wrong. And you're like, dang, that doesn't make sense. And we live in a world that really doesn't make sense. So one of the things to keep in mind when we're looking at these things, oh, and in your scriptures, uh, one of the things that I left out in, in the notes here was lovely, and, and when we, we quoted that. But... Uh, so, so these things has to be a change in your mind. And that's one of our other favorite scriptures, you know, is Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We need to renew, we need to transform our mind from worldly to godly things. So when we're looking at this list, what is true? We know what's true. The scriptures are true. There's other things. Uh, when we look at what's noble, we got people from our congregation down building homes for people uh, now that do not have a home. That's a noble, that's noble. We live, and today it's like, it's, it's funny. People are going to tell us that America is not a great country. There's so many problems and blah. But you know what, if there's, a, if there's an earthquake in Tibet, who is there to help? And it's not necessarily the United States government. You know who's there to help? It's the Christian people. It's the, it's the godly people because they want to help. These are noble. These are noble things that we do. Uh, the pure things, the just things, the lovely things. And for my mind, this is one of the things that really helps me out a lot is thinking about the lovely things, thinking about the mountain views that we have, the ocean views that we have, thinking about the beautiful uh, 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 world that we live in, thinking about as I sat out on my patio in the morning and you got the blue skies and the green trees and the beautiful flowers, 
and the fresh air coming through. Man, these are lovely things. These are the things you put in your mind. You say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for making this stuff. Uh, the virtue, the praiseworthy. Um, just this week, we heard about um, Kerry Willis. Kerry Willis was a, a defensive player for the Indianapolis Colts. And he was about to come into his real money. I mean, he's making half a million, but pretty soon he'd be making two or three million. He said, listen, I want to go preach the gospel. That's what I want to do. That's a noble thing. That's a praiseworthy thing. These are the things we need to think about. Um, uh, so these, this to me is a little more difficult <laughs> because we have to, there's so much bad stuff that we hear in the world, so much worry. So we need to get rid of that worry, start putting these things in our mind on a daily basis. And, and in John 14, 26 and 27, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And he talks about peace there. And he says, basically, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he will teach you. He will teach you about how to put these things in your mind. He will become part of you. And the peace I will leave with you. Let not your heart be troubled or afraid because Jesus is going to be with you. So that's basically what I want to share with you today is that through God, we're going to pray to God and it's through Jesus' sacrifice that we can have that peace. And through the Holy Spirit, we're going to be able to put wonderful things in our mind and fill that void. So um, think on these things and the comfort of God. So let's, let's, let's just bow our heads right now. Lord, we just ask your blessing upon the congregation. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We pray for those that can't be, that were not able to be with us today in the ministries that they're involved in. Um, help our, us to not be people of worry, but be people of faith. Help us to be able to put the good things in our mind that we might be the salt and the light of the world that we need to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we uh, proceed, I'd like us to, let's get our communion cups if we could. And we, I'd like us to take communion together. So the communion is on the side over here, the little, little cups. Thank you. Every Sunday we um, participate in the Lord's Supper. We have the uh, we have the body and the blood of Jesus Christ here. This is our Prince of Peace. As Isaiah said, this is our our Counselor, our wonderful um, Almighty Father, the Prince of Peace. Or the one thing I, I really like is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what we remember as we gather around here today. We want to remember that Jesus is our Christ. Jesus made the sacrifice for us. He's the one that brings us into our relationship with God. And Paul says, listen, when you're coming to the Lord's Supper, examine yourself. Look at you. See if Jesus is in the place that he should be in your life. And that's what we want to remember right now. So let's take the bread. And let's remember the broken body of Christ. And let's take our cup. And this is the, 
represents the shed blood of Jesus. And this is what brings us and gets us freed from all those bad thoughts that we may have, all that past sins that we may be still burdened with. This is what cleanses us and brings us into a right relationship with God, with our fellow man. 